Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is February 18th, 2022, and our first story, Trudeau has begun the crackdown on the Freedom Convoy protest in Ottawa. Swarms of riot police make arrests, even journalists get arrested, and tow trucks with their license plates removed begin taking out the trucks. In our next story, 19 officers in Austin have been indicted for aggravated assault on Black Lives Matter protesters. This is what we can expect. The police will be charged when they go up against the machine. In our last story, it is a bit outdated because of the updates on the trucker protest, but two trucker leaders, protest leaders, were arrested as well. I'm going to leave it in for you to listen to because it is still relevant, but a little bit outdated. Now, if you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. The crackdown on the Freedom Convoy protesters in Canada hath begun. The police are lining up. There is apparently some kind of SWAT officers on the ground. People are linking arms. People are being arrested. We're seeing videos of live streamers, actually a live stream of a live streamer getting arrested for asking questions of an officer. Videos of police entering people's vehicles and photos of people being carried away. This could be the end, at least for now of the Freedom Convoy protest in Ottawa. But you know what I find really fascinating in all of this is the mixed messaging, the desperate propaganda. So many articles tried claiming that freedom is actually white supremacist. And then they tried claiming in other articles, this this freedom protest isn't even about freedom because they're trying to throw whatever they can at this movement to shut it down. Now, we've actually got some big news outside of Canada. A U.S. convoy has emerged. We've seen that news. I talked about it a little bit earlier. But now we're hearing that in D.C., they are rescinding leave for officers telling them to get ready for the Freedom Convoy, which will be arriving in D.C. sometime soon. They're taking it very seriously. And these truckers, well, it's effective. It's very effective. What I find truly fascinating in all of this is once again, the tribalist flip-flopping that I, that I got to be honest, it's just the most annoying thing in the world to me. And I give no one a free pass on this. All of these leftists in America who supported Occupy Wall Street, who support obstructing roadways and screamed when Ron DeSantis was trying to pass that uh, anti-riot bill that would make it a felony to block roadways. They were like, how dare you? Now you've got the Freedom Convoy 
doing just that. And they're like, but they're a bunch of fascists spreading COVID. Shut your mouths. It's another occupation, nonviolent, peaceful demonstration. It's effective. And you're going to cry about it. The double standards, the hypocrisy, nay, the hierarchy of the political infrastructure is obvious to everyone. When it's Black Lives Matter shutting down streets and smashing windows, they get a free pass. When it's a Black Lives Matter activist who is accused of and arrested for trying to assassinate a Jewish Democrat, $100,000 bond activists raise the money, get him out. Cal Rittenhouse, not so much because you're all second class citizens. But I'll tell you what really bothers me. When Ron DeSantis had the anti-riot bill and I said we should not make it a felony, to block a roadway, conservatives all decried this. Not every single one, obviously, but many did. Some on Timcast IRL to my face saying, no, no. If you're going to obstruct the roadway and cause economic strife, then you should be charged and you should know the penalties and they should be discouraged. And I said, I disagree. I think there needs to be some kind of gradient between peaceful protest and obstruction. Because if you don't, if you don't allow some kind of pressure on the system, the system will erupt. It'll shatter. The pressure will build up and you get violence. And that's why I said those who make peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution inevitable. There has to be some flexibility in the system. If people feel like their voices are not being heard, they will snap. And that's when everything just breaks. Now, what are we seeing? Many conservatives who said you shouldn't be able to block roadways are cheering for this. I simply ask that people be consistent. Now, of course, look, as it often is, my opinion, independent, post-liberal, moderate, conservative, libertarian, there's a tendency there to have supported nonviolent civil disobedience, even among Black Lives Matter. And that's why you and I probably find ourselves in this position. Certainly, you can find hypocrisy on the right, but it's institutionalized on the left. The way I, I often put it, it is the rule for the left to be hypocrites. It is the exception for the right. And of course, we hear people like the other day on Timcast IRL, Stephen Marsh said, yeah, well, you know, what? both sides tell me the exact same thing that the other side is lying. And no, I'm going to stop you right there. I want to read this news, but let me just stress a few points. Hands up, don't shoot was a lie. Jesse Smollett was a lie. Russiagate was a lie. The Kyle Rittenhouse story was a lie. The Ahmed Arbery story was a lie. The George Floyd story was a lie, 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 lie. At a certain point, you have to say they're lying about everything. Now, I don't stand for hypocrisy. I can certainly understand if many conservatives see this and say, you know what? I was wrong about this. And I realize now I can certainly understand if there are conservatives who say, you know what? I still disagree with blocking roads. But if they're going to do, do, do it to us, we're going to do it right back. I'm like, OK, well, you know, reciprocal, you know, uh, conflict or whatever you want to call it that I understand. If people change their minds upon realizing the effectiveness of the strategy, I'm totally fine with it. But the problem is, while I can certainly look to the right and say, maybe they've realized I was right and many others were right. I look to the left and all of a sudden, are they now realizing conservatives were right? No, of course not. You give them the opportunity, they will go right back to occupying like they've done for the past decade plus. And then as soon as anyone on the right tries to use a similar tactic, they'll scream and cry and they'll all lose their minds. It must be shut down with lies, with smears, with propaganda. Here is a photo, police confronting demonstrators. Well, let's read the story, at least where we are right now, because as I'm recording this segment, it is all currently ongoing. News will probably change by later, uh, by the time you watch or even later in the day. So let's read. But before we get started, 
Head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support all of the work we do here at TimCast, from these videos to our great journalists who are writing news every single day to our on-the-ground reporters interviewing people. It is only possible because you guys become members. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive members-only segments of the TimCast IRL podcast. But I implore you not to think of that. Uh, think of it this way. I know there are a lot of people that only subscribe because they want access to those members-only shows. I can respect that. But I also hope you consider that as a member, that, that membership you pay is, is hiring our journalists like Hannah Clare, like Cassandra Fairbanks, like Jay Lee Hammond, all of these people writing every day. So we want to make sure the news is available to everybody, but it is only possible if people choose to support it. As a member, effectively, let's call it this, pay what you will for the services we provide. We do have ad revenue as well, but we're eternally grateful for your support. So don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the video. If anything else, if you want to support us, you're unable to financially for whatever reason, feel no obligation. You can simply help out by just sharing articles and sharing this video. Now, let's read about what's happening over at the Freedom Crackdown. The Daily Mail reports Trudeau's trucker crackdown begins. Hundreds of cops backed by armored vehicles and horses start arresting Freedom Convoy protesters in Ottawa and towing their big rigs as they use their powers granted by Emergencies Act. This is insanity. Emergency powers, freezing assets. They're bringing in tow trucks with their license plates removed and their company logos covered up by police symbols. Some have suggested the police have commandeered these vehicles under the Emergencies Act. Do y'all realize what that means? Martial law? Now, it's not necessarily martial law in the truest sense of the term. Martial law literally is when the military supersedes civilian control. Justin Trudeau you can hate him all you want. He is civilian leadership in Canada. And these are police. So it is not in a legal sense, martial law. But colloquially, it is. It's when they rule by decree without due process, without court orders. That's typically what people mean, authoritarianism. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's extraordinary powers under the Emergencies Act. Police have established a no-go zone around the demonstration in Ottawa's core. And on Friday morning, a massive force of cops and a fleet of tow truck drivers began clearing out the convoy's final stronghold. Citing the exceptional circumstances of the police action, Canada's parliament suspended Friday's debate on Trudeau's emergency powers, sparing, sparing the liberal leader another day of uncomfortable speeches from MPs who fiercely opposed his use of the Draconian Emergencies Act. Think about that. Trudeau. Is there so going to be a, a debate in Parliament whether or not he has the authority to do this? And he goes, quick, better use the powers now before I lose them. And then because he does, they say, I guess we don't debate it. He's just allowed to do it. Y'all live in Canada. Y'all that live in Canada. Yo, I don't understand you if you're sitting back watching this go down and being like, this is fine. To me, it's absolutely insane. <clears throat> they say the crackdown came. After police arrested key leaders of the protest movement on Thursday night, and as rumors of a similar protest convoy headed to the U.S. Capitol prompted D.C. Metro Police to cancel all leave for the next week. Yo, it's getting spicy out there in Ottawa. Cops carrying automatic weapons and wearing tactical unit uniforms converged on a line of trucks, campers and other vehicles parked on Ottawa's snow covered streets. Police brought a dozen horses to confront protesters backed by an armored vehicle. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? 
with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Let me tell you something, my friends. I have seen this over and over again for a decade. For as long as I've been doing this job, I've personally witnessed this. And I understand why people don't like the crackdown when they're protesting. Now, were this a violent riot, I would understand a police response to arrest people and I would encourage it. But this is nonviolent civil disobedience. What do you get when, with that? Well, let's 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 be real. They should be arrested 100 percent. You think I'm joking? No, I mean it. I support their cause. I support the actions they're taking. But in recognizing that they're engaged in civil disobedience, nonviolent, you get arrests. In fact, one of the leaders who's been arrested has been charged with like plotting mischief or something ridiculously petty. You need emergency powers for that? That's insane. Now, I think the government should be negotiating with these individuals and working towards getting rid of these mandates because they're wrong. But I do not believe that simply because there are hundreds or thousands of individuals protesting, they, they, they can rule just because they can obstruct. Their point has been made. I think the police are excessive. I think the emergency powers are wrong. I think the seizing of assets is absolutely insane. What should happen is a couple of officers, a small handful, walk up and say, we get it. You're under arrest. We see this with leftist protests <clears throat> in D.C. When Extinction Rebellion engages in linking their arms and chaining their arms together, the cops come in not like this and they arrest people. I get it. There's got to be some tolerance for nonviolent civil disobedience. There has to be some effort to remove. And these people, if they want to engage in protest again, should do so. But what we've seen in Canada has been draconian beyond all recognition. The freezing of banks, the threatening to seize people's pets, threatening their children. Yo, you're crossing a line. Or I should say he crossed it a long time ago. Freezing of assets without court order is the craziest thing I've ever seen. But you know what? They're desperate. They're losing and they don't know how to handle it. Cops going in and arresting peaceful protesters, in my opinion, should be expected. I have I have maintained that position for every nonviolent civil disobedience instance we've talked about. Black Lives Matter. Yeah, well, you know, if you're peaceful, you go out there, march, you get arrested. Occupy Wall Street. Same thing. Because we say you didn't engage in violence is a good thing. We're going to give you a slap on the wrist. The news covered your story. We get it. There you go. Now, I, I hope uh, the best for the protesters. I hope they remain strong. I hope they continue to fight for freedom. 
I hope they continue to resist. I hope there's some accountability for Trudeau and his abuse of his authority. I seriously do. In fact, if these protesters continue, I would not be surprised and they have my respect if they do so. They say around 100 cops in green military style riot gear with black helmets and visors came from the opposite direction, wearing gas masks and brandishing tear gas, guns effectively trapping the protesters between the Chateau Laurier and the Westin Hotel. Riot cops are from Quebec's provincial police force, which has a reputation for tough tactics. One of their tactics is to try and smash their batons against riot shields in rhythm to intimidate during confrontations. What are they called? They got a name. I can't remember the name. I, I was up in Montreal for some of these protests and they're like state police or something they call them. What are they? What are they called? I can't remember. Do they call them? No, 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 no. I don't know. They say Daily Mail saw at least four people arrested in the initial police surge outside the Western Hotel. Police tactics appeared to be to pick out specific protesters. So earlier it was reported uh, last night, several leaders had been arrested. We're also getting other reports. I want to go through some of the news here. Police are now breaking vehicle windows at gunpoint. They are rolling in busloads of officers and tow trucks without plates on them from trucker Matt McKenzie. Look, I understand if they want to clear out the occupation because it's obstruction. It's, it, it's, you've made your point. When Extinction Rebellion did that with a boat, they get arrested. The boat gets towed. I respect it. If they want to do it here in the U.S., same thing. If Black Lives Matter wants to stand in the middle of a road and link arms, I'm totally cool with it. In fact, I encourage people who want to engage in nonviolent civil disobedience. As I've stated for Black Lives Matter, though, you should be arrested. As, I've, as I will say now for the truckers, you should also be arrested. However, the cops shouldn't be smashing windows, shouldn't be beating people, shouldn't be dragging them off, freezing their assets. I think I made my point before. I don't want to repeat myself. But let's talk about where we're at. The Ottawa police is all media who are attending the area. Please keep a distance and stay out of police operations for your own safety. Anyone found within areas undergoing enforcement may be subject to arrest. There will be a media availability later at 474 Elgin Street. Wrong. The police should not be doing this. There's a live streamer. His name, I believe, is Zot. He's walking up and he sees some cops and he's like, this is your final warning. You can't go here. And he's like, which, you know, can I go that way? No, you can't go that way. He goes, okay. And another cop walks up and goes, you're under arrest. Wrong. The cops should not be doing that. It's disgusting. And I don't understand why they're so stupid, these police officers. They could have just been like, hey, buddy, we're not going to let you through. You can stand here all day and night. That's it. What's wrong with that? This is what leads to a greater escalation. And now we've got the media reporting that, you know, the the U.S. convoy is a, a foreign influence. Yeah, sure. Check this out. From the Washington Post. The Ottawa Trucker Convoy is rooted in Canada's settler colonial history. Canada's dark history of public health has a long past of hiding behind politeness. I love this one. Look, as many supporters have Islamophobic and white supremacist views. Oh, heavens. They say that the convoy represents the extension of a strain of Canadian history that has long masked itself behind peacefulness and unity. Settler colonialism. Wow. They say the history of Canadian settler colonialism and public health demonstrates how both overt white supremacist claims and seemingly seemingly more internationalistic claims about a unit unity and freedom both enable and erase ongoing harm to marginalized communities. Isn't it amazing how they just make this this uh, insane claim? But here's my absolute favorite. It's been going viral. The notion of freedom was historically and remains intertwined with whiteness. As historian Tyler Stovall has argued, they have lost their minds. 
or I should say it is a cult. It is a cult that is expanding and growing, but admittedly, I do believe is ultimately losing. And we can see this in the rise of the trucker protest. The right is waking up and saying no to the insanity. But let me walk you through a field of international and Canadian propaganda. As the Washington Post writes, freedom is intertwined with whiteness and white supremacy and blah, blah, blah. Here's the Toronto Star. Convoy shows how the far right has co-opted the concept of freedom. So wait, I I thought freedom was always intertwined with whiteness. Now you're saying they've stolen it. So so if you've co-opted it, that means freedom used to mean freedom, but now the far right has taken it. How, how 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 do you reconcile that, huh? It looks like people who have the freedom to seek the dissolution of government and freedom to lay siege in the capital feel they're more hard done by other Canadians. Interesting. Let's read more. CBC. Oh, okay. Why the word freedom is such a useful rallying cry for protesters. The word has become common among far right groups, experts say. So the left doesn't believe in freedom? Okay, sure. As demonstrations against COVID-19 restrictions continue across Canada, the word freedom is on the lips and placards of many protesters. Often associated with protests and rallies in the U.S., the term has taken hold among protesters who are part of the Freedom Convoy, which rolled into Ottawa in late January. For many, freedom is a malleable term, one that's open to interpretation. It's also a term that has thrived among far-right groups. Okay, so now we've gone back and forth a little bit. Let me, let me, let me ask, Washington Post says it's always been rooted in whiteness and white supremacy. Then Toronto, uh, was it Toronto Sun, I believe it was? Toronto Star, sorry. They're saying that it, uh, you know, actually they, they've, they've co-opted it. Now we're going back. CBC is saying that it's become a rallying cry. All right, let's, let's keep playing this game. From Teen Vogue, Canada's freedom convoy trucker protests aren't about freedom. Oh, for a second there, I thought they had co-opted freedom, that freedom was always a part of whiteness and that freedom was their rallying cry. But now I learned, thanks to Teen Vogue, it's not even about freedom in the first place. So the far right white supremacist Canadian truckers aren't actually embracing the far right white supremacist idea of freedom. Then what are they protesting? You know, let's be real here. These are different outlets with different um, derangements, I suppose you can say, or lies. But it's, it's you know, the thing is, What I see in all these stories trying to uh, manipulate is that they don't actually have anything to say other than trucker bad, trucker bad. So they make it up. Each outlet giving some absurd reason why freedom is bad or by what they're engaging in isn't freedom because they have no real response to the grievances of the truckers. When they say, don't force me to be medicated, we want freedom. And as you can see, they got I support freedom. What happens is all of these different outlets desperately tried to find a way to smear the group as either saying freedom is racist, freedom was stolen, freedom has become their rallying cry, a rallying cry for the far right, or they're not really about freedom. It's amazing. And they go on to mention a flurry of false claims, blah, 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 blah. Facebook live streams. We get it. We get it. They are about freedom. That's literally what they're about. The right to choose. You know, I've seen a lot of people that say they're pro-choice. And that includes abortion and includes vaccine mandates. The government shouldn't have their hand in your your medical care. I wonder where the American left is on this issue. Because in Canada, they got universal health care, I suppose. But in the U.S., they want mandates. The the establishment left does. And they're also pro-choice. So you can see the absolute hypocrisy. The double standard. Here we go. What's this one? The nation. 
Liberty for whom? The racialized history of freedom. This one's from May 3rd, 2021. So well before the the, the freedom convoy. But I bring it up just to show you how the idea of freedom, the left has never enjoyed it. This is this article is tagged under white supremacy. Absolutely incredible. Oh, here we go. The final star again. Freedom protests are white supremacy in all its glory. You know what? You just you just don't care. I just don't care anymore. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they accuse. It's all meaningless because we know they lie. We know they're full of it. It's irrelevant to me. Here we go, baby. We got Kyle Sefcik probably pronouncing that wrong, saying it's official. We start our convoy on February 25th. We have finished the dates, times, routes, pit stops, and have everything ready for the the March 1st arrival on the National Mall, D.C. I'll be posting the detailed routes tomorrow. All right. I can only uh, surmise the federal government will do everything in their power to try and stop this. They're going to be starting, I believe, in Barstow, just outside of Los Angeles, and they're going to make their way through the U.S., through Salt Lake City, Denver, Kansas City, St. Louis, Indianapolis, Columbus, Frederick, Maryland. That one I find interesting because that's like 10 minutes from where we live. So the Freedom Convoy should basically be passing through our area. This will be very, very interesting. Now, I I said this in an earlier segment. For those on the podcast, you'll hear it afterwards. But we're we're currently planning uh, how we can have someone embedded and, and documenting and covering this with, um, we were thinking live streams, but maybe that's not feasible due to highway internet. So maybe daily dispatches from the convoy with social media posts. We're looking into that. And I think we might actually do it. Um, we really, really want to. I would say we 100% want to do it. We're 99% sure we can. So in all likelihood, we'll, we'll probably have someone just cruise alongside or behind the convoy and then just document it, write about it, produce videos. And I think it'll be absolutely fascinating to see. Of course, over in D.C., they are preparing for the worst. The Daily Mail reports Washington, D.C. police cancel all leave for next week over Ottawa-inspired freedom convoy that is heading towards the Capitol. D.C. police have nixed officers leave over the next week to prepare for the convoy. According to insiders with the D.C. police, the department is currently mobilizing hundreds of its officers to spearhead a large response plan against truck convoys across the nation poised to travel to the U.S. Capitol next week in support of vaccine mandate protests started in Canada late last month. Next week, according to the outlet, forces of 500 officers each day will be formed to comprise civil disturbance units set to quell the planned demonstrations if needed. Protests in Canada have remained largely peaceful, with Liberal Prime Minister Justin Trudeau blasted as an authoritarian for his attempts to stomp out the protests and stop them from being funded. It's difficult. I like the Freedom Convoy. I really, really do. And I support them. But I certainly still believe in law and order. Within reason, I think corruption is bad. And I think law could sometimes and is often amoral. The law in New Jersey is to arrest people who have guns. You know, the Constitution says you have a right to do so. The law is wrong. The Constitution, the supreme law, is correct. So sometimes statutory law is broken. And just because it's legal doesn't mean it's moral. That being said, When it comes to truckers coming into D.C., I uh, respect their plans, their protest. It's going to generate some attention in opposition to mandates, mandates, many of which are already being repealed, probably because they're scared of what could come. And that being said, I think if you occupy roadways and block and obstruct streets, you should be arrested. 
Now, following that, I don't think they should have their vehicles seized or, or there should be heavy fines. I think it should be a slap on the wrist and carry on your merry way. If you continue to do so, we'll escalate. We respect people's right to protest, to be a little bit, uh, a little bit of a nuisance, because we don't want people fighting and being violent. Now, here's what I think will happen. I think the D.C. police will overreact like they're doing in Canada. This will lead to outrage, which will escalate things. See, that's the problem with the Canadian response. Trudeau's an idiot. The cops should have come in immediately and should have said, your protest has been heard. You're being given a warning. Here's your amount of, the amount of time you have to leave. They then should have come in and issued warrants for the arrest. Like, look, I don't like that people who are standing up for freedom get arrested. I don't. But I, I certainly think there's a threshold we have, we, have to, we have to tolerate and that we can't tolerate. When they arrested the organizer in Canada and she's being charged with like mischief or whatever, I'm like, okay, you know, look, it is what it is. I am not uh, an anarchist. I'm just like a, what do they call me? Lib center, libertarian centrist. And that means we need sustained pressure. And that's great what we get with these convoys. And that's true for the left when they want what they want as well, so long as they don't engage in violence. If you are not being heard, you protest more. But I tell you this, my friends, the most important thing you can do, the primaries are starting soon. This is fantastic. So I would actually argue this. If there's one thing the DC convoy could do is make sure one of the key points of your message is that you want to build awareness for people to vote in the primaries. Kevin McCarthy's, the Lindsey Graham's, the Mitch McConnell's primary any and all of them, and the Democratic establishment as well. A big point of the message, because you're going to get a lot of press attention for this DC convoy, should be to tell people, vote in local elections, vote in primary elections, and get a new Congress in. Now, unfortunately, I know a lot of people uh, coming, they probably don't believe in the system. But I assure you, man, there is a game being played, and it's a game you can win, and, and the, the Democratic establishment and uniparty Republicans win when you feel you cannot win. So I tell you this, stage your protest, obstruct the streets, do what you can peacefully, nonviolence of disobedience, all of that good stuff, whatever you can, because we, we tolerate only so much, and we tolerate a decent amount, but make sure you get a strong message across. And what is your message? an end to the vaccine mandates, we're actually starting to see those falter. What else do we want? We want to build awareness. We want people to go out there and vote out the establishment. We want people to challenge the narratives. We want people to wake up. It's a huge opportunity. I don't know. You know, I, I, I assume many of you, uh, there may be many people who comment saying they shouldn't be arrested. They should keep protesting and it's wrong and all that stuff. My question is when we're navigating these things, how do we tolerate this? Do we say that if several hundred people block the roads around D.C., they get what they want? I think the answer is no. Otherwise, Black Lives Matter would have overhauled the government you know, overnight. I'm not a fan of that. But I'm certainly a fan of after George Floyd died in Portland, a bunch of people laid down on a bridge with their hands behind their back. And I said, that's fantastic. We saw the press about it. We saw you were angry about it. It generated awareness for your cause. Nobody got hurt. Everybody got up and left. When they, when they block roadways with a boat, I say the exact same thing, and then you get arrested and your boat gets towed. There it is. You get your attention. Polls show that it works. Nonviolent civil disobedience. Now, you want to know where the, the true success is? Consistency 
consistent pressure. If they come and they say, you're out, find ways to just keep the pressure up and let the politicians know you will not back down. Keep building awareness, keep spreading the word, keep generating press, and encourage people to vote out these incumbents. Let me just tell you guys, man, the primary is the key. And I think we already have like um, some primaries are coming up very soon. So check your local listings, figure out when your primary elections are and research the candidates and make sure you're getting rid of these establishment politicians. Because look at what AOC was able to pull off. She's out of her mind, in my opinion. I think she's terrible, but she pulled it off and I respect her for it. The fact that she was a bartender, she runs for office in the primary and wins. That's it. That's how you do it. And now the squad commands a decent amount of power among the Democratic Party. Granted, they mostly fall in line, but they do apply pressure and it works. The right needs to do the same thing. Populists, America first types, nationalists. I'm not a staunch nationalist, but I certainly believe you must secure your own face mask before securing the mask of your neighbor. That's what they tell us on airplanes. So the reality is I'm all for foreign aid and trade, but we got to make sure we clean our own rooms before we try changing the world. So look, What's coming to D.C. will be fantastic, in my opinion. The police are getting prepared for it. The truckers should be as well. I don't know. I'm not going to tell the truckers what they have to or, you know, anything like that. Far be it from me, man. We're going to cover it. We're going to see what you guys have to say. But I think one of the most important messages is to vote out the incumbents and primary Republicans and Democrats alike. That's just my opinion. Because, look, there are some there are some gains. The, The trucker protest, I think it worked. A bunch of these mandates get removed and they don't want to admit it was because of the truckers, but let's just, it, it was, come on. You know, they, they know they're losing for Democrats across the country. They're starting to pull back on these mandates and they see what's coming. They see the polls and they see the protests. So they're panicking. So now with a protest like this, whatever y'all end up doing, you got to think about what do you want to accomplish with it? I think the truckers who come out here will finish off the mandates. I think the Democrats know it's bad news. And I also think there's an opportunity for messaging. And boy, I just want to stress a million and one times primaries. If every single person brought their friends, their brother, their sister, their family, whatever, to go vote in the primaries, we would be rid of these corporate garbage politicians. And imagine if you had a hundred Rand Pauls and Thomas Massey's and Marjorie Taylor Greens. Oh, I know you may not agree with them, but they go in. They challenge the system. They make sure people are doing their jobs in Congress. I'd love to see it. Absolutely. So look, far be it for me again to say what the D.C. convoy is going to be about. They do their thing and we'll try and cover it. But we'll see how it plays out in the long run. Victory. I think with the truckers being cleared out, what you just need to understand is as bad as it was what Trudeau did. They pulled their mask off. They're fascists. It's bad for them. Even Vosh and leftists came out and said, this is insane what they're doing, freezing bank accounts. We can't stand for that. They took a massive hit to their credibility. The truckers accomplished this. I hope you all realize the convoy couldn't have lasted forever. I think they've won. And now the police have no choice but to go to an extreme degree to get rid of them. And once again, it just exposes them, exposes the emperor as having no clothes. So good luck to the truckers up in in Canada. Stay safe, everybody, and we'll see how this plays out. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all then. A grand jury has indicted 19 Austin police officers on assault charges 
over Black Lives Matter protests, quote, no one should be injured while exercising their constitutional right to protest. I want to talk to you about hierarchy. That's the, the word that's been going around recently when people are talking about the double standard, how the left gets away with crimes, the media defends them, and the right goes to jail. It's not a double standard, they say. It's not hypocrisy. It's hierarchy. And I'll give you a good example before we read the story and talk about what's going on. The story is of a young man in Kenosha, Wisconsin, lived nearby, had many uh, family members who lived there and watched for several days as rioters destroyed his town. He showed up to defend it, actually offering aid to the protesters. He was attacked by convicted felons, very disgusting crimes. He fled, ultimately defended himself. He was arrested and uh, his bond was set at $2 million. He spent two months or a little bit longer in jail before finally getting uh, released. $2 million. And as it turns out, the jury agreed that it was self-defense, that this guy was simply out offering aid and defending his neighborhood when he was attacked and he defended himself from violent attackers. Not guilty on all counts. That was Kyle Rittenhouse. Then we have the story of Kintez Brown, a Black Lives Matter activist and Pan-African socialist who espouses, uh, who, who um, encourages people to join a group with similar views to the black Hebrew Israelites. They, they are an anti-Jewish uh, group. They believe that black people are the true descendants of, uh, of Israel. He is arrested on the charge of attempting to assassinate a Jewish Democrat. His bond was set at $100,000. Black Lives Matter posted that bond and he's released. It's incredible, isn't it? The hierarchy. One side is protected. The other side is villainized. Now we see the story about these cops being indicted. And you know what? I don't care. I have no sympathy for these police officers. Sorry, it's true. Y'all should have quit a long time ago. I have no sympathy. Now, Texas is another story, right? Because Texas isn't, they, they didn't have as harsh of lockdowns as many of these blue states did. But I just, I'm over at this point. I really, really am. Kim Potter is facing sentencing today. She's the officer who accidentally shot that, uh, that dude up in Minnesota. The story there, this guy was armed, or I'm sorry, this guy was, he had an arrest warrant because he had tried to rob someone at gunpoint. He dove into his car he got shot and he died. Now, the only reason Kim Potter is being convicted is because she admitted, she says, oh, no, oh, no. You know, I meant to use my taser, taser. Oh, no. If she had just said he was wanted on a gun charge and was jumping into his vehicle and I feared for my life, she probably would have been fine. Not that I'm happy that anybody lost their lives. I just have no tolerance for two things. One, I've seen too many cops right, right now as I'm recording this. Reports are coming in that cops up in Canada are arresting the truckers and shutting them down. They don't care about you or fundamental human rights, and I don't care to defend them. Not only that. Now, I get it. They're different police departments. I actually think policing is great. I do. I think duly elected law enforcement is better. But these cops, they know full well what you get when you defy Black Lives Matter, you'll be indicted. So at this point, I hope they get charged. Why? Well, for one, let's see what, they, what, what the charges actually are. Were they actually attacking innocent bystanders? In which case, no sympathy. The second is, you could have jolted the system, woken people up, 
and had them say, you know what? We were wrong about this, but you didn't. You bent the knee like cowards, and now you'll reap what you have sown. Good. Let me explain. We got defund the police. We got Black Lives Matter riots. And the police did just enough to allow people to say, not in my backyard. So while these Black Lives Matter extremists went around destroying things, being emboldened and becoming more radicalized, more extreme, causing over $2 billion billion in damage, we had enough cops to say, I'm going to maintain this system, which hates me, so that the people refuse to get involved because the scarier threat is Black Lives Matter. The point is, if the police said, if you do not want us around, we will not be here. If the police said, we will not be party to to this, this, this politics, regular people would have been shocked out of that system. They would have seen the wanton destruction. They would have been forced to confront it themselves because regular people refuse to call out the extremism. Now, look, if these cops are innocent, well, this is a problem. But we'll have to see how this one plays out because I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt. Granted, I think Black Lives Matter are, are all liars. You know, I don't believe a single one of them. But here's the story. The Independent reports up to 19 police officers in Austin, Texas, have been indicted by a grand jury on charges of aggravated assault relating to their actions during the George Floyd riots. Of course, the Independent didn't say riots, but I did. In what would represent one of the largest actions against individual officers from a single force for many years, it was reported that charges had been brought against the officers almost two years after protests across the country resulted in clashes. You mean violent riots? The news of the charges initially, it was reported that nine officers had been indicted, came as the city of Austin agreed to a $10 million settlement with two men shot by police with beanbag rounds. It's really, really amazing. When people in D.C. waged an insurrection on Donald Trump's inauguration, January 20th, 2017, they actually sued and won money. You see, the problem is these cops support a broken system. It's time they said, hey, look, they were warned, man. What did I say last year and the year before? The cops should quit. Well, congratulations, officer. You officers, you are now being indicted and you will get to go to prison. Won't you enjoy that? You could have quit. You could have said, I won't do this anymore. I won't be party to this madness. Look, we saw in New York City. We saw it in D.C. When the when when the politicians stole taxpayer funds without approval or due process to paint Black Lives Matter. Y'all went, it's fine by me. I don't care. I have no principles. I'll lick the boot, whoever tells me to. And now they're going to throw you in prison just like I said they would. This is what pisses me off. I said this back then. If you continue doing this job, and I get it. I understand why many of you are. You will go to prison. Okay. And people were just like, nah, I'll be fine. Man, Kim Potter, right after Derek Chauvin, I said, she knew. She knew she was on desk duty most of her career. And when the cops were resigning in mass, those are the principled cops. And I'm not playing this game anymore. These are the cops who are like, I refuse to endure any kind of hardship. I will do my job. I will do what they tell me in the face of injustice. When they're shutting down businesses, when they are mandating vaccines, we see the cops in New York. We see them in these big cities. We see what they do. They arrest the protesters who are fighting for civil rights. And then when they go up against the authoritarians and Black Lives Matter with massive corporate and government support, they get to go to prison. Maybe now 
These cops can realize you are on the wrong side of this. You think that you can just tie your hands. You think that you can just sit down and say, look, I'm not going to be involved. Okay, well, then you go to prison and, and enjoy it, I guess. Look, I don't want innocent people going to jail. I want to see these cops, you know, have their day in court. They're innocent until proven guilty. But we're in a political landscape. Okay, we have two different countries, effectively, is one great way to put it. And police don't fit into one of those countries. So you either recognize you will uphold the Constitution and defend this country, or you can work within their confines and go to prison. It's, 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 it's unfortunate we've come to this point, but it is. It's where we're at. Now, look, duly elected law enforcement, I think, is great. At this point, the big city cops, you reap what you sow. I feel like we're at this point where we need to accept personal responsibility for our safety. We should say, officer, we no longer need your assistance. You're unable to effectively help us. We've seen what happened in, in these cities where you shut down people's businesses. We've seen you uh, arrest people like the guy at Attila's gym. I'll tell you, one of the most disturbing things to me was when the cops came to Attila's gym to find and arrest people and the, and the owners, because we've had them on the show. They were like, oh, though, they're just doing their job. No, uh-uh, no, uh, no way. I'm not playing that game. These cops have a choice. They can say, I will not, I will not play this game. Here's the challenge, I suppose. We can say of these cops, they were actively policing Black Lives Matter. But at a certain point, my response is, you have to leave the system. Now, people on the right say they fear that if that happens, the National Guard gets called in and the, and the police get federalized. The federal government doesn't have the, cap the, the capability to replace all of these police departments. So what's really happening is Black Lives Matter and woke cultists are taking over our institutions and the police are effectively helping them do it. Now, I get it. You'd say, how does that make sense? These cops are being indicted. They're upholding the system as it's being run by psychopaths, New York being the best example. Bill de Blasio illegally takes taxpayer funds to paint a political message in front of Trump's building and 27 police officers with smiles on their faces enforced it and threatened anyone who tries to stop it. Now, trying to police Black Lives Matter, I know, I know, I get it. That's keeping the people of Austin safe from the extremists. But all that ends up happening is that the people of this city don't pay attention, don't care, and end up blaming the cops. It's propaganda. It's fourth and fifth generational warfare. This is what really adds to, to, my, to my, um, my ire. You see, these cops are not going to be villainized. They're going to be demonized. And the narrative that's going to go narrative to, to, the, to the people of Austin, which is they call it the San Francisco of Texas, is going to be that the evil cops were doing wrong in these poor peaceful protesters. Okay. We saw billions in damages from these riotous extremists. If these cops just said, I will not police this. Sorry, have a nice day. I'm out. What do you think would happen then? Regular people and leftists would be like, why is my neighborhood being destroyed? Well, it's because you hate cops. You don't want them there. So they said they wouldn't come. Instead, the cops are like walking into a trap over and over again. Look at this. Quote, we believe many protesters injured by law enforcement during the protest were innocent bystanders. Wait, you believe that many of the protesters were innocent bystanders. What does that mean? Were they involved in the protest or not? 
We also believe that the overwhelming majority of victims of, in the incidents that were investigated suffered significant injuries. Now, I'm not a fan of any of that. If the cops overstepped their, their bounds and were, were firing at people, then good. Then I'm, I'm, then I'm not going to support any of these cops for any reason because I'm just sick of it. I'm absolutely sick of it. My attitude is the police needed to stand up and refuse to be involved in all of this a long time ago, and they didn't. And now they get to go to prison. Aggravated assault, that's very serious. Maybe now this will be a wake-up call to these cops that are trying to work in places that don't want them there, that the system is broken, and you'll go to prison for this. The city's paying millions of dollars to people. It's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, Justin Howell is getting $8 million. He was 20 years old when police shot him with a beanbag round. Family member said following the incident, he suffered a cracked skull and brain damage, leaving him in critical condition for multiple days. That's wrong. The cops shouldn't be doing that. And the cops should be charged for that. I, I absolutely think so. Now, the question is whether it was intentional or not. If someone agrees to participate in, you know, a riot or something and they get hit, I don't think you get paid for that. But I'll tell you what really bothers me with all of this is that it's the clear and obvious double standard. And it's the fact that these cops should realize by now you will go to prison. You should quit. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Kim Potter, the ex-cop convicted in Dante Wright's death, will be sentenced Friday. Yep, I, I predicted it. She's going to go to prison. That's the, that's the way the game is played. You know, look, I don't have all the answers. And I understand a lot of people want to defend cops because they want to believe in their cities and stuff. But uh, I got out. I got out of the suburbs. I was lit. I, I, we, we had a, our, our police department in the suburbs of, in, the, in, the, in the New Jersey suburbs. It was great. They were good. They were great. There was only, there wasn't that many officers. We, we knew many of them. They were nice guys. And uh, I get it. You know, we didn't have these issues. These cities, they appoint their high ranking police officers. They're Democrats. They live in these cities, they vote for these policies, or at the very least, they know how bad things are, and they choose to maintain that system. That's the issue. You have a city of 80% Democrats, just in general, New York, for instance. The cops who live there might pretend to be conservatives or to oppose the far left, but they support and maintain this corrupt system. I have no sympathy for that. Austin, there's a lot of good in Austin, all right? You know, Michael Malice lives down there. Joe Rogan's down in Austin. There's a lot of good people in Austin. But Austin is just another Democrat stronghold. And if the cops want to play that game with them, then I am not going to defend them when they go to prison for doing this job. Democrats reap what they sow. 
You want to live in this city? You want to vote for this stuff? By all means, I don't care if you do. I don't live there. I left New York. I left Chicago. I lived in Seattle. I left all these places. I'm going to go live in the middle of nowhere because all these people have lost their minds. Minneapolis, Kim Potter. She had every warning, every warning after what had happened with with, with Chauvin and Floyd. But she decides, I am going to be a fundamental uh, support structure for this city and all of its crimes and fecklessness. Okay. So I'm sure some people will say it's honorable. And, and, and I can respect that, that these officers know the dangers they face politically. My issue is just like, man, could you imagine what this country would be like if we stopped babying these people? In, you, you, w- w- here's, I'll, t- I'll tell you how I see this. All right, these cops are giving baby their bottle. That's, that, that's what I, I don't like. Listen, when you see a kid who's having a temper tantrum screaming, I want two ice creams. I want two. And the mom's like, okay, okay, honey, I'll just, I'm sorry. He's yelling in my ear. I'm just like, it's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. Grow a backbone. Say no. They don't. These cops don't care. You know, and here's what I end up seeing. The cops in New York defending the Black Lives Matter mural. The police in Seattle actually arresting the guy being attacked by Black Lives Matter and Antifa. So I'm just like, look, man, if you're in a red area and uh, I live in a red area and we've got uh, our our sheriffs and our our cops pretty good. Yeah. If these cops who do a good job and are in in an area where they mostly just leave you alone, start getting flack from extremist groups, I'll be there to defend them 100 percent. If those cops commit crimes, I'll be there to condemn them outright. In these blue cities where they vote for these policies, these cops don't seem to care. But more importantly, what you got to understand about a lot of these cities is that the cops are Democrats themselves. So I don't understand about the conservatives who are like, back the blue, baby. I'm like, why? Look, when I, when I was talking about the George Floyd riots and all this stuff in 2020, I actually lived in a blue area. And so for me, it was like, yo, I, we need our cops. Like, I don't want the rioters coming here. And so I was very much like, yeah, you know. When I, when I realized one day, when the rioters came to my suburb and the police did nothing, I was like, I don't think these cops can actually do anything about this. And I said, look, I have no sympathy for the cops that are going to strip people of their civil rights. I have no sympathy for the New Jersey cops who are going to arrest people for keeping and bearing arms. I am not going to defend them. So now, you know, this is what they get, I suppose. Anyway, let's read a little bit more. Otherwise, I'm just rambling. They say they, they approved a $10 million payment to these Black Lives Matter activists. That uh, Austin Mayor Steve Adler said the settlements remind us of a real difficult and painful moment in our history. You know, you know, you need to understand about this. Because of what happened, Black Lives Matter activists are getting millions of dollars. The government funneling money into the pockets of BLM. It is important that we address these two injuries and that we've made policy changes going forward. That's the, uh, the Mayor Adler of Austin. I'm so glad I never moved there. And there are people saying, you got to go there. There's so many amazing people that moved to Austin. I'm like, no way am I moving to Austin. We're in West Virginia. We're building Free Domestan. We got about 50 acres. We're going to do our own thing. We're going to mind our own business. And we're surrounded by a bunch of right-wing nutjobs. Excellent. Wouldn't have it any other, any other way. You know why? I may not agree with right, right-wing nutjobs. But we all agree, we're going to leave each other alone. It's great. They can put up whatever sign they want. I don't care. They'll leave me alone. I'll leave them alone. 
But you know what, man? In these big cities, it's just not the way it is. And people want to live in Austin. They think it's, it's amazing. I'm like, dude, Austin is woke. Look at what's going on there. Why would you want to live there? What happens when Antifa comes and smashes up your window and then sues you because they tripped and fell on your stairs? That's the kind of thing that happens in these places. And people want to be living there. You know what? Look, man, I, I, I've, I've got a mixed, uh, mixed view on, on policing these days, especially because of the lockdowns, because of the suppression of people's rights. Because in, in, in many states, I have seen police officers just strip someone of their constitutional rights without question. I've talked to many former cops and they say, you know, cops got to enforce the law, man. They're just doing their job. That's a lie. It's just absolutely not true. Police pick and choose when they enforce the law. They want to come out. They think that they can exist in a city that is that is overrun by Black Lives Matter that hates police. This is what you get. You are watching Chauvin and his other officers going to prison. And they and, and, and it's just amazing to me. You know what it is? It's also um, at a certain point you have to recognize like when, when, when the system is, is out to get you and, and when it's your own fault. So I can put it this way. And I can certainly respect cops that are trying to do the hard job to keep the community safe, but I don't think that's it. I really don't. I've talked to more than enough cops. And, and most of what I hear is I need this job more than anything. Yeah, of course, there are many who are like, look, I love being a cop and I love my city and I won't back down. I'm like, I get it for sure. I hope you enjoy prison. And I'm not saying that to be a dick. I'm just saying like, they're going to come for you. They will. And you know what? If you want to stand by that, so be it. So long as you're not the kind of cop that's going to uh, arrest someone for ex exercising their constitutional rights. I know Texas is constitutional carry now. But, you know, ultimately, I've seen more than enough of these big cities to know that when the mayors get in, when the, when the Democrats win, they appoint their buddies to these departments I just don't care. I, I, I'm not having it. At a certain point, I have to just say, you know, you reap what you sow. You, you, you really do. And part of me just feels like if cops stood back and said, we won't engage with Black Lives Matter because the city supports them, how many people would vote against Black Lives Matter? The riots damaged their fundraising. It damaged their support. But when police come out and become the villains, it empowers Black Lives Matter. It empowers the extremists and the rioters. That's the point. Okay, whatever. Rant, rant over. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Martial law up in Canada. Two of the protest organizers of the Freedom Convoy have been arrested. Banks are being frozen. Banks are going down. Apparently, there's polls showing that people want the military to come in, but I'm not sure how much I trust those polls, and therein lies the big problem. You know, we had on this, uh, this guest the other night on Timcast IRL, and we talked about civil war. And we talked about, I, I think we very much disagree on a lot of uh, core issues. He, he says he was approaching it, uh, Stephen Marsh, from 30,000 feet looking at this conflict, and uh, uh, me being on the ground a bit more. But he was saying that up in Canada, the Freedom Convoy was a proxy for American politics. And I think that's just wrong. I think what we're seeing with authoritarianism and wokeness is affecting European nations. It's affecting the United States. It's affecting Canada. And it's manifesting in very psychotic ways. Now, the point he made was, oh, up in Canada, everybody hates the protest. But sure enough, we get inundated with super chats and messages from people saying they're Canadian and they absolutely support the protest. Not to mention... We've seen the videos, the massive outpouring of support. 
But for now, it looks like martial law is the law of the land up in Canada. They'll take your bank. They'll arrest you. They'll shut you down. And then what? Well, I believe that the freedom truckers will remain defiant. Good on them. They have a right to stand up against government, a right to outrageous of grievances. And you can't just live in a country where the government decrees that I don't care what country it is decreeing that you must be injected with a medical substance. Now, as uh, our uh, our guest Stephen said, he's Canadian and his view is they have a socialized healthcare system. So up in Canada, one of the one of the things that people are upset about is that everybody is negatively impacted if people are getting sick because of socialized healthcare. That's not an argument against the freedom convoys, at least in my opinion. In fact, it's an argument in favor of privatized healthcare so that you can go and find a free market solution to your problem instead of relying on the government to solve the problem for you. But therein lies the interesting uh, uh, point about this civil war and this conflict that uh, we discussed. He was uh, mentioning to me, you know, at a certain point, don't you guys realize you're headed down a dark path and just say, let's stop and figure this out? And I said, there is no solution. There is no figuring it out. Look, I'm not Canadian, but I think it's wrong that these people have been arrested. I think it's wrong they're freezing bank accounts. And there are many Americans who agree, even on the left. You know, strangely, there's coming together over certain issues because this is a step too far, right? But he said, w w won't you come together? And I said, do you like your socialized medicine in Canada? And he said, yes. And I said, okay, you give that up, abolish it, go private healthcare. We got a deal. We have peace. And he went, point taken. You see, what's going on with the culture war and now the cold civil war with things like this, even though I understand it's Canada, I know, there is no middle ground and there is no compromise. I know you feel that way. I feel that way. And I know they feel that way. They as in the left, the establishment, whatever you want to call it. They, 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 they are abusing their power to get what they want. And therein lies the big problem. We're seeing it in Canada. We're seeing it in the US. We're seeing it with uh, the January 6th committee. Now, I know that, you know, the, the Republicans, Trump have Durham sort of, but he's not really doing anything as high level as what the January 6th committee is doing. They impeach Trump twice. You see, what we, what we have is that the conflict is so entrenched, it should be obvious to everyone when political factions are willing to use the power of government to crush their enemies. Now, I know Canada is very different from the US, I say it a million times. But a really good point was brought up the other day on the show. He said, uh, Stephen said, you have a multicultural democracy trying to coexist with a constitutional republic, and they can't. So it's either one side wins or you break up. I think he's correct. I think he's absolutely correct. Now, I think Canada is going to get roped into this 100%. I think we're seeing that now with the Freedom Convoy. Maybe it's a, a proxy for American politics, or maybe there really is this hard divide with, the, with, with people in Canada, the working class. I think it's fair to say that when Canada has an issue and you've got culture war factions, either in opposition or support of this in the United States, there's going to, Canada is going to be fully entrenched in whatever happens here. Now let's read the news before I keep rambling, and then we'll talk more about all of what's going on. The Daily Mail reports Canadian cops arrest second Freedom Convoy leader as Ottawa police create fenced-in no-go zone in the center of the capital. Trudeau fights to keep his emergency powers alive. Now, let me just I, I make the point again. I know, Ren, this is the prime minister using emergency powers 
setting up no-go zones, arresting people, freezing bank accounts. They will crush you. They will use everything at their disposal to shut you down. They will not negotiate. They will not play fair. When I mean by they, I mean the political elites, the establishment, the establishment political class. Biden calls Trudeau. They're in agreement about this. He tells them you have to get hard with these people or else. And then Trudeau says, "Okay, martial law it is. We're seeing the same thing in the U.S. There is no compromise, only the exercise of power. And that's why I think we are doomed. The conversation last night was fascinating. Stephen said we're in civil strife. That is where people are actually dying over political issues at a certain number. I think it's 25 per year. And we're well above that. It's like 100 or something. Yeah. Let's read more about the convoy. Canadian police have arrested two of the most high profile leaders of the Freedom Convoy hours after Ottawa police warned protesters and to move their trucks from the center of the capital. Tamara Lich, 47, widely seen as the main organizer of the protest, was detained on Thursday night as snow fell in Ottawa. She did not resist and she was handcuffed and calmly taken away in a police patrol car. Hold the line, she shouted as she was escorted away. A former fitness instructor who has sung and played guitar in a band called Blind Monday in, in Medicine Hat, Alberta Lich was also a senior member of a separatist group that advocated for Canada's western provinces to secede from the country. Wow. On Wednesday night, she had posted a tearful video to YouTube telling her supporters that she expected to be arrested imminently. There's a pretty good chance. I think it's inevitable at this point. I'll probably be going somewhere tomorrow where I'll be getting three square meals a day. And that's okay. I want you to know I'm okay with that. I'll probably get some sleep. But please stay peaceful. I know that this too shall pass. There will be a tomorrow and we will get through this. The second leader, Chris Barber, was arrested hours before Lich on Thursday. He's being held in custody and is expected to face criminal charges, the CBC reported. Barber, a truck driver for the last 28 years who led the Saskatchewan portion of the protest convoy that has been in Ottawa for the last three weeks, was walking down the street with several friends when police detained him. Footage posted on social media showed him being detained. He could be seen smiling calmly as he was patted down and put in a patrol car. Call my wife, he said to a friend who was filming and put this on social media. The arrests come as Trudeau continues to face tough opposition in parliament as he battles to maintain his emergency powers and a crackdown on freedom convoy protests. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, we got confirmation on the story about the banks going down. And this is as crazy as they come. Big banks in Canada face outage day after emergency declared. Five major Canadian banks were hit by an hours-long outage on Wednesday, convincing some that a bank run might be occurring. Woo. Now, we saw these reports, and I talked about them. I highlighted this tweet from James Melville, where he says, what is happening to Canada's banks? All these outages reported. We have some confirmation. I believe RBC faced the biggest outage, and they said, we are currently experiencing technical issues with our online and mobile banking, as well as our phone systems. Our experts are investigating and working to get this fixed as quickly as possible, but we have no ETA to provide at this time. Yeah. In the United States, there is a prepared American truckers convoy. They're planning to descend on Washington, D.C. and the Freedom Convoy 2022. This isn't about just us as truckers or a certain group of people or anything. It's about Americans, said trucker Mike Landis. The group has set plans to begin their journey from Barstow, California on February 25th and arrive at the Capitol on March 1st. Sounds incredible. I, uh, I hope we, uh, we've got some people uh, uh, who are going to be on the ground reporting on this. But um, I am fully prepared 
to have Tim Cast have a reporter on the ground with the convoy the entire time. So we'll, we'll start to uh, coordinate that and see if that's something we can we can do. It shouldn't be too difficult. We'll just get one of our reporters to hop in a truck and then drive with the convoy for uh, a couple days across the United States, make it to D.C. And um, it should be interesting just to, to, to follow along. And I think we maybe should be able to get a 24-7 live stream just so long as the highways have the cell coverage. But we'll try and work this out. Maybe we can get a cellular bonding unit and just do a nonstop stream. It'll be really expensive. No, for real, because you've got to uh, that, that level of streaming, a lot of gigabytes, a lot of, lot of, lot of uh, data being consumed. But we'll, we'll work it out. I'll talk with our tech guys. Maybe we can get that. But let's, let, let's get back to this talk about the, the, the cultural split here with banks, uh, running the banks, with, with the truckers in, in D.C. It's a culture war, but um, it was a culture war, I think. I think is a better way to put it. It's a cold civil war. It is, is, it is a conflict. There are two different countries here. I think Stephen was right. Multicultural democracy, which the United States has not been. Sorry, it's not been that. And a constitutional republic. I found it really interesting when he brought this up and he made that point that it's a constitutional uh, de- a republic versus a multicultural democracy. Because to me, it sounded like, man, that's the, the narrative of the global elite, the great reset. They want this multicultural democracy, but democracies don't work. They literally don't. What you need, and then, you know, he's like, Canada is a democracy with minority protections. And it's like, mm, you know, I, I like constitutional republic. I like uh, sovereignty for, uh, you know, I, I like the rights trickling down. What I should say is, uh, I should say um, power is trickling up. The smallest of jurisdictions is independent. It is sovereign. It has, it has rights over itself to defend itself. And then it sends a representative so that we can all come to an agreement Everybody can sort of live as they want to live. You cannot maintain a multicultural democracy. I'm sorry. It's just not possible because I've seen other countries and how they handle these things. You know, it was funny when Stephen mentioned to us that Canada is, is, is unstable. He said his country, he almost lost his country in like 83 and in 95, I think the years were, and that he surprised the United States becoming unstable now. The reason the United States has been stable for so long is because it is a constitutional republic. The reason it is destabilizing is because multicultural democracy is starting to expand. The issue with multicultural democracy, and it depends on your definition of the words, mind you, because the left, I don't know, they they define multicultural as as what, just like diversity or whatever. Democracy doesn't work. You cannot have 51% ruling over 49 because eventually 49 snaps And they go off the rails and they say, no way, we're not living this way anymore. With a republic, you can live in Wyoming and live how you want to live and just be like, I don't care what you do in D.C. We're a republic. There are certain things that happen with the law of the land federally, of course, but we need to radically defederalize if we're to maintain this great American experiment, as they call it. The problem is the multicultural democracy wants to rule over the constitutional republic. The constitutional republic wants to just be a constitutional republic. That is the left and the right. And it's a great way to explain this divide. Let me show you this story. We have this um, from the Daily Beast. Jordan Klepper confronts Canadian Freedom Convoy. Truckers finds lots of conspiracy nuts. So what? So what? So what? I don't care. But they're not speaking to me. And I'm not speaking to them. I don't care to speak to them. I don't care about their worldview or their opinions. Jordan Klepper is, he's a bad faith actor. He goes out, he finds people to make look stupid, and he makes them look stupid. 
Now, truth be told, the right has the exact same thing. People do it all the time. I'm not a fan of any of it. But the issue here is not so much whether I like or dislike people who go on the ground and try and make other people look dumb, because a lot of people do, and they've, they've, they've always done this on YouTube. Now, I guess they do it on The Daily Show or whatever the show he's doing. I guess it's Daily Show. I don't care. When, if a trucker wants to believe some stupid whatever, I don't care because I believe in a constitutional republic. I believe that we have rights laid out in the Constitution. We can amend those rights. Uh, we can amend the Constitution. I shouldn't say lay, laid out, uh, defended uh, against government in the Constitution. We have many rights that are not in the Constitution because our rights don't come from the Constitution. But I, I, I like the idea that if this guy wants to believe that stuff, bro, you go ahead. You believe whatever you want to believe. You go live up in the mountains and, and raise chickens and goats and do whatever. That's fantastic. I'm glad you're happy. You can believe certain things. You can be a good person, a bad person. Just don't cross, uh, don't engage in violence against me. Non-aggression principle, all that good stuff. That's like a constitutional republic. The, the, Jordan Klepper, the Daily Beast, they don't speak to us. And it doesn't matter uh, necessarily what our politics are. It matters that there's two parent factions. There's two large tribes. We have separated from each other. You're never going to convince Jordan Klepper. You know, last night when I was arguing with, uh, with Stephen about cer certain views he had, you know, my, my position was the left, obviously, is, is, is a bigger threat to the stability of the United States than the right. And he was like, that's not true. The, you know, every, everyone, national security, they believe the far right because they're more organized. And I'm just like, who, where, when? You know, he mentioned sovereign citizens, and I'm just like, what have they done? They're not politically significant. I mean, they're dangerous people, sure. Or some of them are dangerous people, I should say. Not all of them. The ones that engage in violent acts. But they're not doing anything. They're not in the news. They're not in culture. They're not in industry. They're not in institutions. They're not funding instability. Black Lives Matter literally is going around smashing up cities and destroying property, terrorizing people. From his view, because he's on the other side of this, he disagrees. And therein lies, you know, and, and he said he very much was in favor of uh, multicultural democracy. And I'm like, this is a really interesting point. His worldview, um, he, I, I, I think he's, he was a good dude, you know, no, no disrespect. He, he's, he, he had, his worldview is based upon, in my opinion, authority to uh, 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 adherence to the authority. That is, all of us, you know, you watching, we're a bit defiant. We demand proof. We demand respect. We, you know, uh, we, we demand that should we do things worthy of respect, we get it. And I want evidence. And one of the, one of the issues brought up was an anchor was, was, was in, was, was something, some, some way to anchor yourself and understand where we are as a country and what this means. The problem with the multicultural democracy narrative is that they're willing to accept that the authority can change their minds on a whim and you'll just do as you're told. Whereas the other side says, you have to justify to me why you do what you do. It's interesting, isn't it? I am one that uh, believes this, the, the, that the, the government is for, uh, for, of, and by the people. That it governs from, uh, with a mandate from the masses. That is not to say democracy. That is, we all agree that there has a certain level of restraint put on the government and that they have to justify their positions. And if we don't like it, then we out. Democracy is two wolves and a lamb deciding on what's for dinner. And a, and a republic is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote. Now, Stephen didn't necessarily agree with that. He was like, well, that sounds like minority protection, not minority rule. But we, it, it, it's not about minority rule. I mean, that's, that's an extreme way of looking at what America does. The issue that we have, in my opinion, is that if Joe Biden comes out and says, 
X, Y, and Z. And I'll say, okay. And then a week later, he comes out and goes, A, B, and C. I'll be like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Tell me how you got there. Here's a problem I see. A study will come out. It'll say, medicine X does Y. And I'll say, okay. And the media will come out and say, no, no, study is bad. Study is wrong. Other study that says medicine A does B, correct. And then I say, but why? Why do you get to pick and choose which science you think is the actual science? They then come out a week later and says, actually, medicine A does not B, but C. Study wrong. New study good. And I'm like, yo, y'all don't know what you're talking about. I will not be marching myself off a cliff on your whims. This is what we have in these in these factions. Now, of course, you'll you'll attract, you know, one guy is wearing like a Q hat. Yeah, when it comes to freedom, you'll attract people who believe crazy and kooky things. The Q people are off the rails, in my opinion, because that stuff is, is just so bizarre. But I believe in freedom for the individuals. I believe the government must justify their positions every single time. And I believe as individuals, we have fundamental, inalienable human rights. The left might say they do, but the problem is when, you're, when your whole world is based off of adherence to the, to the masses, you end up with atrocities. You end up with oppression, suppression. You know, I find it fascinating because I think the multicultural, democ- multicultural democracy versus a constitutional republic really is one of the greatest ways to explain the, the cold civil war, the culture war. You think about what the left represents and it's like, there's a reason why they adhere to the, to the authority. They're majoritarian. They're just whatever the authority says we follow. We rule in that way. And with the constitutional republic, you say, you know, that small county or state has a right to be, have their voice heard. That there's a reason why we have an electoral college. These two systems cannot function. They, they can't. Now, ultimately, I know this segment's supposed to be about Canada. But I think, you know, what we're going to end up seeing is it's only going to get worse. And what Stephen was saying is he hopes for Canada's sake that America pulls it together, but mm, ain't going to happen. I said, there is, there's no way out of this. And that means Canada is going to be involved as well for a variety of reasons. Canada relies on the U.S. for trade and for goods and all of that stuff. It's really cold up there. Now, I'm sure the Canadians can survive. No problem. They have farming too. But a lot of food gets shipped up there. So we'll see. My opinion is that should the U.S. destabilize and break up into different regions with different views and then ultimately leading to a civil war, I believe that Canada will have no choice but to get involved because they're other, otherwise they're going to experience very severe hardship due to a lack of commerce between the U.S. and Canada. It will, if, if Canada gets cut off from U.S. supplies, I'm not saying they're going to die. I'm saying life will just generally be harder. The same is true for the people in the U.S. Should any kind of civil war or conflict break out, life will generally just get substantially harder for everybody, which is why I'm like, I got chickens. We're going to get some goats and we're going to raise animals and we're going to we're going to have our own little farm, I guess, over at Free Domestan, because I think we have to be a bit self-sufficient. Troubled times are ahead. Troubled times are now. So let me let me just bring Canada back into the fold with this conversation. When they're shutting down bank accounts, freezing your banks. Do you realize how dangerous and dark things are getting? That if you stand up and protest, they will take away your money? I don't see any way that the the multicultural democracy type, whatever, the, the global elite, the Great Reset, I don't see them winning. I'm not saying they're going to they're gonna lose necessarily. I'm saying it's going to be a fight and maybe a long one. 
But I don't see how people in, in the United States or, or these, fr- these freedom trucker individuals, their views are very similar. I don't see how any of them just lay down and say, okay, you can do whatever you want. I just don't see that happening. No, I see people standing up and saying no. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.